The views expressed by our podcast guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Federal Home Loan Bank of Dallas. Welcome to BankCast, a podcast from FHLB Dallas. I'm your host, Carrie Curry, and we're here today with Rick Sharga. Many of you may recognize his name. Rick is the founder of CJ Patrick Company, a consulting firm for real estate financial services and tech companies, and he's one of the country's most frequently quoted sources on real estate mortgage and foreclosure trends. We are happy to have him join us to talk about the housing market. Rick, welcome. Rick, we know that existing home sales dropped in March and April due to COVID-19, but it does appear like the market is strengthening. What are you seeing? The second half of March, we saw a drop off. Uh, April numbers were down about 39% year over year. I expect May numbers to be probably equally bad, but we are starting to see uh, what looks like the beginnings of a recovery in the housing market. Um, Three things that are probably worth noting. Uh, We're seeing uh, new listing activity on a market-by-market basis as uh, those markets are, are reopened for business. Uh, Texas in particular seems to be sort of ahead of the crowd. Uh, Austin listings are almost back to where they were a year ago, and Dallas and Houston are coming on pretty quickly as well. We also saw new home sales uh, jump up a lot more strongly than than most people expected. Analysts were predicting about a 22% drop year over year. We actually saw a 1% gain, so that's a good sign. People are buying when there's inventory available. Rick, how are first-time home buyers faring, and what is the short-term outlook for that segment of the market? The, the short-term outlook for first-time home buyers is a little dicey simply because there's a lack of inventory available uh, of starter-level homes. Uh, we, we do see a lot of interest from first-time home buyers, and if you look at the uh, millennials coming to market, the, the, the bulk of that age cohort is now in the 26 to 32-year-old age range. So right on the cusp of, of typical first-time home buyer age. Uh, so we, we should see that demographic group coming through pretty strongly. But at the moment, uh, the challenge for them is, is primarily uh, the fact that there's very little inventory available uh, in terms of starter homes. As that improves, as builders come back online, uh, we, we should start to see that, that cohort do a little bit better. But right now, it's a little tough. I'm wondering if our current remote work environment has had an impact on home buying do you think it could have a long-term impact if companies continue to embrace a virtual workforce? It's been pretty amazing that uh, companies have discovered how productive they can be without forcing everybody to come into a centralized office location. Uh, and I do believe, at least anecdotally, we're already seeing some of the, the potential changes uh, in how people approach home purchases because of that. Uh, you're seeing companies like Twitter telling its employees they can work from home forever, Uh, Google and Facebook telling their employees to continue working remotely, at least through the end of the year. I think one of the reasons we saw strong uh, new home sales, uh, again, anecdotally, is we're hearing that people are leaving urban apartments and moving into homes in the suburbs. So I I do believe you'll see people looking for a little bit more space. Uh, You'll probably see people looking for a home where they have a room they can use as a home office. Uh, You may even see some of the baby boomers stay in place longer 
um, rather than downsizing because now they, they have a, a house that's big enough for them to work in. So I, I do think you'll, you'll see those changes and you'll probably see uh, a little bit of a migration out to the, the suburbs and, and uh, even the far suburbs uh, as people don't have to worry so much about their commute to work. Rick, I've noticed that home prices are still rising in many areas. Is that due to a constrained inventory? Yeah, Carrie, that's a great question. I've done a lot of research on how the housing market has fared uh, during prior pandemics and recessions, uh, digging through about 25 years worth of data from First American Data Tree. And in every recession since World War II and in every pandemic, except for the last recession, the Great Recession, we've seen home prices increase from the beginning of the downturn uh, through the end. And this pandemic appears to be behaving pretty much the same way. And the, the primary reason is, is what you pointed out. It is lack of, of inventory. Uh, the, the, we saw inventory decline even more quickly than demand did at the beginning of, of the, the, uh, the shelter-in-place orders uh, as businesses locked down. Uh, and we're seeing demand come back to market faster than inventory. So when a property does get to market, if it's priced properly, you wind up with multiple people bidding on it. And I, I believe we're likely to see home prices continue to go up for the rest of the year, depending on whose numbers you follow. The, 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 the year over year increase so far is anywhere from four to six and a half percent. I do think there will be a handful of markets. Uh, there's notably some markets in California or on the Pacific coast that might be a little overpriced, particularly at the high end of the market. So you could see some localized price weakening, uh, but overall, I, I suspect we'll continue to see home prices go up for the rest of the year. We've got mortgage rates at all-time lows, which obviously is good news, but I'm wondering if credit is tightening. Rick, what do you think the impact might be on the health of the housing market? It's a tale of two cities in the mortgage industry when you, you look at, at historically low interest rates. Freddie Mac announced just this week uh, all-time low rate for 30-year fixed-rate loans at 3.15%. And, and that does help drive demand. It uh, also helps drive refinance activity from, from people who currently have mortgages. Um, but we, we have seen during this pandemic that credit standards have tightened up a little bit. So the, the loans uh, make housing much more affordable when you can get the loans. Uh, and I, I think until we're through... Uh, the worst of the pandemic until uh, the, the, the markets have an idea of how stable the economy is, uh, how stable people's jobs are. Uh, they're going to be very particular about who gets loans and, and what kind of criteria they use to determine who gets those loans. So I, I don't think it'll get so bad that it will have a material impact on the overall housing market. Uh, but I do think it's going to make it a little bit more difficult for the average borrower to get a loan. Rick, I wanted to thank you for your time today and wanted to just see if you have any final thoughts. Again, always great to catch up with you, Carrie. And, and I, I, would, I would suggest that the, the housing market uh, in most recessions has, has really led the way to recovery uh, and helped the U.S. economy get back on its feet. And it appears to be beginning to recover already, uh, which is really a good sign. Um, we, we've seen listing information um, go up in, in every market where, where the shelter-in-place orders have been lifted. Uh, we've seen uh, home search activity online actually surpass the levels from last year. 
Uh, pending sales dropped in April, but we're starting to see those recover on a city by city basis. Uh, and again, some states like Texas are, are actually out ahead of the curve. Uh, and we also see the, the interest in mortgage purchase applications up on a year over year basis. So a, as bad as the numbers are gonna look for the next month or so, I, I do see a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and barring another huge wave of this coronavirus in the fall, I think, I think housing is poised to recover pretty quickly. Thank you so much.